Hey church, I'm so super excited to bring, uh, to share God's word with you today. Uh, and the title of God's message to you is the Ascended Master. You know the word ascend means to rise up above and sit in a place of authority. And in order for us to know what that looks like, we needed to have a model that has done it already. And when Jesus came to the earth, He did not come as a know-it-all. He did not come as a, as even though His disciples called Him Master, Jesus never called Himself a Master. In fact, He said, I have a Father. He says, don't even call me good. Why are you calling me good? There is only one who is good and He is God. Jesus would never take the credit that man gave him because he knew his position as a son in the house, as a son in the kingdom. And Jesus, when even after his resurrection, when he came to meet his disciples, he was talking to them and he says, and this is in the book of Acts chapter 1, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, just hold on, wait in Jerusalem for a little bit more, the Holy Spirit will come and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power. A lot of times we want power, but we don't want the purpose that comes with the power. And Jesus reveals the purpose and He says, you will have power so that you will be my witnesses. And so we understand that the purpose for the disciples was to be a witness to Jesus. What is your purpose today? Witnessing was their purpose. What is your purpose today? Because when you understand your purpose, when you receive your purpose, you will experience power flowing through your life. We see that when Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was introducing the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be filled with power and right before their eyes, he begins to be taken up or ascend into the, into the heavens. And the Bible says he doesn't just ascend into the heavens, he ascended and a cloud comes and takes him. And the disciples were looking at Jesus and they start rejoicing because whatever Jesus spoke to them that he was going to be taken up actually happens. And so they rejoice and they're going back into Jerusalem and they start witnessing and the gospel spreads like wildfire because these guys were filled with power because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God came and dwelt in them. You must understand Jesus was external. Jesus of Nazareth was an external teacher that was with an external master that was with the disciples. And when he ascended before the throne of God, he said, I'm going to leave another helper with you who will sit in you, who will dwell in you. The question I have for you today, does that ascended master sit on the thrones of your heart? Because his natural state is to be ascended. His rightful place in you is to be ascended. I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 1 and I'm going to show you how amazing this moment is when Jesus was ascended before the throne of God 
into the, into the heavens and the cloud came and took him. Um, and what happens to Jesus after that? And I want you to understand that we are talking about realms and dimensions. And Jesus now is taken from one dimension, a physical dimension into a spiritual dimension. And so because of that, there is something that happens to Jesus in that, in that spiritual dimension that affects how we live our life here. See, there's, a, there's something that Jesus did to us, to those who believe in Jesus. He has done something on our behalf. He died as you and me. He became man and died as you and me so that you and I can ascend into the heavens and be seated in Christ in heavenly places with the Father, on the right hand of the Father. And so that's what Jesus has done. So spiritually, what I'm talking about, you've already experienced it. Dimensionally, you are already there. I'm not talking about, oh no, we need to go there now. I'm talking about you're already there. But is He here? That's what I'm talking about today. He's already there. You're already there. His work is finished. It's perfect. It's done. He said it's finished. The work is done. But there's something about, about you and me being left on the earth to become the manifestation of who Christ is in, is in heaven. That's who we are right now. Where the manifestation or the, or the fulfilling of who Christ is today in heaven, so shall you be on the earth. So we've got to understand that according transformation into the image and likeness of Christ comes by the renewing of your mind. And I'm going to talk about these areas of our heart, of, of, our, of our lives today, uh, because these are the areas of our lives, the mind, the, the soul, uh, the, sorry, the mind, the will and the emotions and the physical body that limits you from actually being transformed into who Christ is today. See, who Christ is today is He's glorious. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, but He is glorious. But Christ in me is the hope of what glory? Who He is today, that glory, there's a hope. You've got to live with a hope that that Christ who is in heaven today is not Jesus of Nazareth, He is the King of Kings. And that King of Kings deserves a throne on the inside of us. When He sits on that throne, something happens to you and me. And we're gonna, we're gonna go through that today. It's gonna be exciting. Ephesians chapter one, and we'll read from verses 15 onwards. Therefore, I also, this is Paul saying, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. There we go. Your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, this is what we hope to desire, we desire to manifest the glory of God, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now we may need revelation of science, we may need revelation of architecture, design, creativity, and all these things, but God's intention for you and me is to be Christ-like. 
is to be transformed into the image and likeness of Christ. And so to be transformed into His image and likeness, you need wisdom and revelation of Christ. Somebody say Amen. Say, say it right now. I need the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to come and dwell on the inside of me. So good. So he's saying this. The Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Why? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of His glory, of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Okay? Now, Christ has an inheritance that He shares with us that is in the saints. So which means all the people in your life group is a part of your inheritance. Come on now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Every single person in our church is our inheritance. This is what God gave to us. Okay? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe? So those who believe receive power. According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. Listen to this, far above. Tell your neighbor, far above. Christ is seated far above. Tell your neighbor that. Christ is seated far above. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He's, when they mention age, it doesn't mean, okay, I'm 40 years old. That's not the age he's talking about. He's talking about this dimension and the next dimension. So which means Christ has received in a, a, he's received a, a position in God that is so far above, which is so great. He has ascended so high that even principalities and powers, dominions, names, right? Every other name that is named, might, dominion, all of it cannot be matched with the throne that Jesus sits on. Every demon, every evil spirit, every unclean spirit, every principality, powers of darkness, every ruler, every might, and every name that has any sort of power in the heavens, Christ is above it all. Come on now, this is extremely powerful. Christ is seated above all of those things. So if you consider a demon, if you consider fear of a demon or fear of a situation, fear of the name of someone being so mighty, fear of a virus, you are enthroning a virus in the place where the King of Kings need to be enthroned. You've got to place Jesus in your heart high above. High above all the recession of the earth, all the issues that are happening in your life. When you place Him high above all of these things, now He begins to rule and reign as King of Kings in your life. Now He begins to say this in verse 22. And He put all things, say all things. 
under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all what he's trying to say here is that god has given jesus such an ascended throne that as he's ascending to that throne he begins to fill everything with himself that's what it means right now he says and he put all things under his feet every everything when he says all things it's all of creation all of business all of education governments kings kingdoms mights dominions all your enemies all the banks every system every process every currency every metal every element every principality all of it together is under his feet just think about that now that's who your god is he is so powerful not because of because he is god but because god chose to become like you and me and he redeemed you and me to sit in that place with him so you cannot consider these things above christ in your life you cannot even give in to fear you can't even you can't even consider it you can't even give it attention you can't even give a demonic spirit attention because it's not worthy of the throne that that is sitting in you why will a demon stay in your presence if your presence is filled with the presence of god you've got to understand that where you are god's presence is god is present he's not absent he is present all the time and when god is present there is no other spirit who can challenge god sitting on the throne but the question is does god sit on the throne or do you sit on the throne does your ideology sit on the throne of your heart does your let me just say this in a nice way we all we all have come under the influence of the knowledge of good and evil which has we've never asked for it but it's just life you know in general but we've come un- under the influence of the knowledge of good and evil and because of that it's created principles it's created ethics it's created morals and it's created a way of life that causes us to be subjected and limited be- coming under the knowledge that is fallen and so because of that we think we're just going through life i have my principles i have morals i have ethics i am i am a good person i yeah sure you are but if we if you trace those principles down to the root of it where does it come from those values that you have in your life if you trace it to the root where does those values come from i have a value for saving money pastor i love saving money wow you know it's for a rainy day i'm saving for a rainy day so which means this knowledge that you've received that causes you to save money is because you are expecting a rainy day and so that's why now 
out of fear that it might rain someday, you're going to save money. And so I just, I'm just using this as an example. I'm submitting this to you because I want you to think about the principles in your life. I want you to think about the value system that you have today that is guiding your life, that is causing you to live and make decisions and choices. You know, I'm reminded of this story when a, a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to, like I've done all the laws, man. I've, I've done everything. And Jesus says, give away all your money. <laughs> give away all your money, give it to the poor and come and follow me. And then he just doesn't say, come and follow me. Jesus freaks the guy out by saying, uh, come and uh, follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Cross. Ah, hello, hello. You didn't mention, as a master, you didn't tell any of your students about crosses. But this guy is something about a cross. Have you ever wondered why Jesus tells him about a cross? and not his disciples that were fishing on the boat. When he says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, that sounds logical. Okay, come on now, I'll follow you. But to this guy, he tells him, you want to follow me? Give up all your money, give it to the poor, pick up your cross and follow me. Wow, pick up your cross. Whoa, whoa, hold on a minute, Jesus. I thought following you was about life. Following Jesus is about dying. Following Jesus is dying to your principles, not at school, dying to your principles, your values, your traditions, you know, your customs that you, that you came from this nationality and that nationality and this island and that country and this passport and all of this stuff that we so entertain into our lives and we base our lives around and our future decisions from this is the main hindrance to Christ sitting on the throne of your life. This is one of the main hindrances. If you really trace the values, why you say certain things, why you behave certain things, you know, well, you, you, will, you will find out that it's, you trace it down to the knowledge of good and evil. Not the knowledge of good or evil. For example, you know, when I was growing up, I thought I was a funny guy. And I would crack jokes all the time, picking on one person or the other person. Because I just felt like, I, you know, I, it's funny, man. I just pick on somebody else and everybody laughs. But actually, God had to reveal to me that, that the reason for me doing that was because there was a fear of rejection in my life. Now, please, some people are just born funny. I mean, they open their eyes, they look at you, they're funny. They, you just laugh around them. They just carry this anointing to make people laugh, you know, but, but there's a, they're anointed for that. But everybody else is anointed to laugh with them. Not to, not to, not to create this thing of poking fun at people so that they can, other people can laugh. Actually, you're creating a, a, an environment of rejection based out of a fear that comes from the knowledge of good and evil. And so I want to encourage you, you know, just the Bible says take every thought captive and the reason why you take it captive is to find out where it's coming from. 
And when you find out where that thought is coming from, you will be able to deal with it at the root. You know, Jesus, when he cursed the tree, when it didn't have any fruit, he cursed it at the root. He didn't curse the, the leaves. He didn't say, wow, you, you know, no, the tree was full of leaves, but no fruit. But he said, no, no, because no fruit, issue with the root. I've got to deal with the root. So I want to encourage you, church, you know, we're going through this season of experiencing dimensions and like realms and God is opening these, these gates to us, you know. And, and to, to have access to these gates, you've got to really deal with this stuff. You've got to deal with the nitty gritty. Don't ask anybody else. You deal with it. You and the Holy Spirit together, He will never embarrass you. He will never publicly shame you. He's a gentle God and, and He will allow you to experience just a perfect healing in those areas. So I want you to go to um, Ephesians chapter 4 and we'll read from verse 7 onwards. It says this, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore He says, When He ascended on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He led captivity captive. When He ascended, He led captivity captive and He gave good gifts to men. When, when you uh, look at that picture, just, just imagine when Jesus is being ascended to the throne, everything that held you captive, He has already taken as captives. And when He led captivity captive, He gave gifts to men. So for you being a prisoner of the knowledge of good and evil, for all these years, Christ took it as captive and gave you gifts. So the reward for being a prisoner is gifts. So if you were a prisoner of habits, Jesus has already taken habits as captive and so for that, He gives you gifts. Doesn't give you punishment, doesn't give you time out. He gifts you. But look what He gives you as gifts. Now, verse 9. Now this, He ascended. What does this mean? But what He also first, but he, that He also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended, He's also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that He might fill all things. It's amazing. The one who ascended is the one who descended. This is what He's saying. Which means that Jesus, who, who, Christ, left His glory in heaven and came down. Now just imagine, He came down to become like you and me. He overcame what we should have overcome. But when He was being ascended to the throne, He takes captivity captive on your behalf. Is captivity being manifested in your life? If it is, then somebody else is sitting on the throne. So he who descended is the one who actually ascended. But when he ascended as you, he began to fill all things. 
all things. Look at the person next to you and say, man, you're filled. You're filled. When you walk out on the streets today, everything around you is already filled with Christ. Every tree that you look at is filled with the glory of Christ. Every person that you see at the sand that you walk on, the mud, the mountains, the hills, the valleys, the heavens in the heavens, every heaven is filled with Christ. The reason why the heavens are filled with Christ is because God enthroned Jesus at His right hand side. So every place the King is enthroned, He begins to fill. Every place the King is enthroned, every place you ascend the King in your life to, He begins to fill. But what does He fill? What does He fill into all things? He says this, And He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints. Don't focus on the fivefold. Focus on what their purpose is. Okay? Because everybody wants to be part of the fivefold. Nobody wants to be equipped. I want to be equipped. I don't, I, it doesn't matter. For me, titles are not a big issue. I just want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want every cell in my body to be filled with Jesus. If that's your desire, just say, yes, Lord, that's my desire. Come on now. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. This word ministry has always been attributed to God, to, to church. I'm, I'm full-time ministry. We're, we're all in full-time ministry. A priest, his responsibility is to minister to the king. Are you a king? <laughs> Are you sitting on the throne? Are you a self-proclaimed king upon your throne? Is an ideology, is a culture, is a social norm, is a race king? Or is Christ the king that is sitting on every throne in your life? Just look at this. You know, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen, our responsibility as priests is to edify the body of Christ. We're there to serve the body. We're there to minister to the body of Christ. Don't just think church now. Think the body. He fills all things, which means all things are part of the body. All things are part of the body. The tree in your garden is a part of His body. Your children are part of the body. The people in your church are part of the body. Just not the church is not the only thing that is a part of the body. The business that you're working in is a part of the body. They just haven't been awakened to Christ. And the minute they awaken to Christ, they place Christ as the king over the business. Now it completely begins to manifest Christ through the business. Now think about it as your family. Think about it with your kids. Think about it in you, your physical body yourself. If Christ is sitting on the throne of your body, your five senses, 
become gates through which you begin to experience Christ on a whole nother level. The Bible says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Why? Because he wants you to taste and see that he is so good. Oh, come on now. I don't know. Oh my God. I, the Bible says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. The book of Psalms says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> I've used this example before, but it's come to mind right now, so I'm going to use it. When you taste chocolate for the first time, when the chocolate begins to break in your mouth and your taste buds begin to experience this euphoric experience of chocolate in your mouth, the, the explosion of flavor in your mouth, it's like every sense in your body is just like, ah, what is this awesome stuff right now? That awesome stuff that you're experiencing is God's goodness. It's not chocolate. It's God's goodness. See, if you eat, if you eat chocolate as God's goodness, <laughs> you will experience the goodness of God because everything, the Bible says, everything good comes from your heavenly Father. Everything good comes from your heavenly Father. Why does everything good come from your heavenly Father? Because Christ has filled all things. So when Christ has filled all things, now the Father has access to you so that He brings all things to you so that you begin to experience His goodness through Christ in all things. And so He goes on to say in verse 13, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Which means all of us are meant to experience what it means to be full of Christ. Just think about that right now. What it means every single cell in your body begins to vibrate with the frequency of Christ in you at this very moment. But what I'm talking about is, is this is what Christ has done spiritually and there are, the, and, and, and we have a desire as Christians, you should have a desire to experience God on the inside. You know, a lot of Christians get hurt or disappointed or, or experience a lack of faith over a period of time when people who have experienced these dimensions and, and talk about the realms and talk about encountering angels and scrolls and eating scrolls and wow, I ate the bread of heaven and, and wow, man, this happened and that happened and I got a sword and I got a shield and God came and gold dust came and all that stuff. And people, some people want those external experiences but those external experiences are, are accessed through gates and thrones that sit on the inside of you. you. These people have 
worked hard, they've, they've been students of the master and they've mastered the art of centering themselves and accessing the gates and doors within them. And when they access those gates and the doors, the external is not as much of a value as, as what you have on the inside of you. My God, when you taste of God's goodness, when you start drinking from the river that, that flows from the inside of you, you will not even think about pleasures, external pleasures, because they, they are so meager compared to the ecstasy that you feel of being one with God. Whew. The whole purpose of God equipping you with the Word is so that you can be one with Christ and be filled, filled with the fullness of Christ. Not just a little bit, not just like, oh, a trickle of heaven. Oh, I went to church, I had a drink in church and I'm like, I took communion. I'm like, whoa, I got a whack. And I'm like, yeah, good, hallelujah. No, God wants to take over you. He wants to completely saturate you. He wants to baptize you into His presence. He wants to abide in you and He wants you to abide in Him and live from this place. Jesus says in the Gospels, He says, the kingdom of God has come. That was His first message. Then after John the Baptist dies, He says, the kingdom of God is now within you. This dominion of God that is externally present right now in the dimensions, in these realms of the spirit where God is seated far above everything, that dominion is present on the inside of you. But Jesus will not usurp you if you're sitting on your throne. He will not cheat and He will not scheme. He will not kill, steal or destroy to get on that throne. He knows He is so secure that He knows His place and He will wait if it lasts for eternity. He will wait till you decide to get off your throne and give Him his rightful place. And so you, we must understand that God has called us as priests unto God. He's not called us as kings unto God. He's called us as priests unto God. And as priests unto God, our primary responsibility is to first allow God to ascend through the thrones of our hearts. See, in the Old Testament, when a, when a person was appointed as a king, the priests would put this man on a donkey and would take him up a hill and call the entire nation to that place. They would offer sacrifices unto God and they would take oil and they would anoint him in front of the entire nation as king over the nation. See, that's our responsibility. You're anointed by God to anoint Him as King over your life. 
A lot of times we think that I'm anointed to be a musician. I'm anointed to be a singer. I'm anointed to be an artist. I'm anointed to be a speaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all secondary. The primary purpose of your anointing is to anoint him as king on every throne of your life. There are three dimensions within you, ladies and gentlemen. There are three thrones and there are multiple thrones as well, but three, there are three thrones in you. According to the dimensions, there's a physical throne, which is the throne of the body. There's a throne of the soul and there's a throne of the spirit. See, God's work of grace is that He rescued your spirit and He sits on that throne. His spirit and your spirit have become one spirit and now He sits on that throne. But the purpose of the spirit is to give the body life. And when the body is given life, the responsibility of the body is to give the soul life. But we've been taught that the soul, the body is a slave of the soul. But I want to bring an adjustment to it because I want to bring a reformation to this revelation because we've misunderstood the purpose of the body. We've just thought that this is a slave. No, this is not a slave. This is a priest that is anointed by God. And the purpose of this priest is to, uh, 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 is to enthrone Christ upon every throne in you. So you, you would talk about the five senses of your body. These five senses, ladies and gentlemen, are each of these five senses are realms through which you can access the heavens. And the heavens can access you. These are physical senses. But you must understand that until you place Christ on every of those senses, unless you place Christ on the throne of every sense that you have, physical sense, you will not be able to access the heavens, the dimensions, or the dimensions won't be able to access you. Because Christ is the gate, Christ is the door, and Christ is the way. So when now, when Jesus was hanging on that cross, and they speared Him, and, and, and the blood and water poured out of Him, that place becomes the very part through which you access the dimensions and the dimensions access you. That's the place that keeps you safe from every demonic spirit, physically safe. The same thing with your soul. There are three dimensions, there are three realms of the soul and each of those realms have, has a throne and Christ needs to sit on those thrones. It's the mind. We've been talking about the mind for so long. We've been talking, but we need to really discuss, we need to really talk about the, the thrones of the will and the thrones of your emotions. My goodness, Jesus submitted himself in these three dimensions while he was on the earth. And I wanna, I wanna submit this to you because every day is an opportunity for you through to enthrone Christ in your life. Everything that you experience, everything that you feel is an invitation to allow Christ to ascend to the throne. When we talk about your emotions, happiness, 
is based on happenings. It's not the joy of the Lord. Fear. When you look at these emotions in your life, sadness, all of these things, you've got to look at your life very carefully. Church, I'm telling you this because it's important for us to to really mature in these areas. When you think about your emotions, these emotions, if they are leading you, you will come under the influence of the knowledge of good and evil. But when Christ is sitting on the throne of these emotions, every throne has to be, uh, when you're going through an emotion, you have to voluntarily as a priest say, God, in this emotion in my life, I place you as king. And when you place him as king, what does the king do? He gives good gifts. He walks around when he's sitting on that throne. He's such a good king that he he transforms happiness into everlasting joy. And so when you begin to experience everlasting joy, it means that Christ is sitting on the throne. No matter what happens in your life, whether there's a recession, there's, it goes up and down, whether you have a job, you don't have a job, whether you have friends, you don't have a friends, whether people like you, don't like you, it doesn't matter. I've got the joy of the Lord. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. When Christ is seated, sitting on the emotion, my goodness. It completely transforms how you experience life. How you, you, you step into experiencing what God really created you for. We've been settling for like little stuff, man. But actually what God wants us to experience is so vast. It's like endless joy, endless hope, endless deep love. Love like you've never experienced love before. Love without an intention. Love without a hook. Agape love is just like on and on and on. And you don't have to perform in order to experience the Father's love. Christ loves you unconditionally. Whether you're black, you're blue, you're green, you're white, you're yellow. It doesn't matter whether you're tall or short, fat or thin. doesn't matter whatever it is. Christ looks at you as a target of perfect love. When you begin to step into this place, your experience of life completely changes. You're not a bitter, angry, grumpy old person walking around like you can be young but act old. But you get walking around like people don't want to hang out with you, don't want to call you, don't want to sit around you. Like, ah, all that stuff. Actually, they actually want to spend time with you. They actually go out of their way because that joy on the inside of you, that love on the inside, that emotion of love that you experience from Christ becomes a river. And that river begins to flood everyone around you. Like, I mean, oh my God, you can just experience God's love in a room and people walk into a room and they get absolutely hammered by love. They don't know why, but they just feel, I feel love today, man. I don't have to work. You, can you imagine you walk into your office and you are so loved by God. You don't have to walk around and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. Although in your heart, you're like, ah, I love all these people. I love my boss that hates me. I love him. <laughs> but you don't have to say anything. You just sit there and allow that river to just kind of like flow out. And suddenly an environment that is so emotional, 
so negative ah sales targets wow what is happening oh call this report oh and all of a sudden people just like i don't know why i love you man there's so much of love i just feel happy today i feel they don't know how to express it they're talking about their emotions but we know we know cuz there's a life was sitting in that office that's absolutely releasing the joy of the lord that's releasing the love the peace that surpasses all understanding flooding the room wherever you are right now just allow the lord to just be seated on that throne of your heart and allow the lord to just begin to flow in that place allow the lord to fill that room allow the lord to fill your body right now but it starts with allowing your emotions instead of experiencing negative emotions to just allow god to say god i ask christ to sit on the throne of my emotions the throne of the senses in my body if you're feeling pain ask christ to sit on that throne what do you think he would do to that part that area of your body If you feel like you're struggling with lust, ask Christ to sit on the throne of that part of your life. What do you think he would do? He's not going to punish you, but he's going to take away lust and he's going to give you an experience of love like you've never experienced before. And then from that place there's just a purity a river of purity will begin to flow out of you and begin to flood every person that you ever that that you ever were in touch with. It begins to cleanse your eyes and the scales of your eyes begin to fall off and you look at people with such love with such purity like you've never seen these people the same way like before. This is what it means to be to enthrone Christ. This is what it means to be to have an ascended master over your life. You're a priest unto God. You're a priest that ministers to this God who sits on the throne. If you ever desired love from people and Christ is sitting on that throne, just minister to him and he will love you like you've never been loved before. Every other human love pales in comparison to the perfect love of Christ on the inside of you. So right now wherever you are I just feel like this word was enough. I don't need to go any more further. I just I believe that God has already spoken to you. And there's a lot of work for you to do. A lot of work. People ask me, "Pastor, what do you do?" I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy putting Jesus on the throne. When Jesus is on the throne of your your life, your body changes. You know, I was talking to Kelsey just the other day, and I'm just being vulnerable with you, and it's just a desire of my heart. And I said, you know, I was just in the shop and I was smelling this perfume, uh, and I was like, I just have this desire in my heart that the fragrance of heaven would just begin to flow out of my life, that I would never need to wear perfume again. just just being able to have that desire you know because see if only if christ is on the throne of your feelings of your emotions your body 
every desire, He becomes the desire. Heaven becomes the desire of your heart. Experiencing heaven, experiencing this presence of God, experiencing this realm of perfect love, where, there, where no one in this realm condemns you. Right now, I just feel like God is ministering to your heart. And if you've ever felt condemnation, if you've ever felt rejection, it's only because an ideology or fear or anxiety was sitting in the place of Christ in your life. And I want to invite you right now in this moment to just close your eyes and just allow the love of God to just begin to fill you as, and I want to invite you to dethrone that ideology, dethrone that fear, dethrone that anxiety, dethrone every human desire of the ego man, the man that is dead and gone, every philosophy of that you've ever picked up, every ideology, everything of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to invite you right now to put Christ on that throne. Allow Him to ascend to that throne. Anoint Him as King over your life. And in this moment, as you are preparing yourself for Christ. There's a lot of areas of your heart that Christ is revealing to you right now. The Holy Spirit is revealing to you right now. Just begin to offer that to Him. It, it might come like a thought. It might come like an image. It might feel like an experience that you've had before. Boredom is, is, a, is, a, is something that needs to be submitted so that you could have interest. So that you could have interest in the things of God and you can become an interesting person. <laughs> I see procrastination as something that needs to be submitted. It's, a, it's an area of the soul that needs to be submitted to God. Christ needs to be in that place so that you can become the most efficient person, the most administrative person, just like heaven in you. Just begin to just surrender right now. Surrender your heart to God. Surrender your mind to God. Surrender your will, your emotions. Your body, if you're sick in an area, there's pain in your body, just surrender that part of your body. If somebody, if a doctor has given you a diagnosis and he said you have cancer, you endometriosis or whatever it may be, lymphoma, right now I'm hearing lymphoma. If that's you, just take lymphoma and surrender it, that part of your body and ask Jesus, to be enthroned. Anoint Jesus in that area of your body. And as, I want you to picture this, as Christ is being enthroned, as you're anointing Him, the whole of heaven is watching you do that. The whole of heaven is watching their King being enthroned in you. And when He is being enthroned, He takes 
whatever held you captive as captive. And He's beginning to release gifts now in your body. He's beginning to release gifts into your emotions. He's beginning to release gifts into your senses right now of your body. Every place that you submit to God becomes a gate through which you can access heaven. It becomes a gate through which you can access the dimensions and the realms of God. Right now, God is healing people's dreams, dreams and visions. If you enthrone Jesus in your dreams and visions, when you enthrone Jesus in the area of your dreams and visions, Jesus will begin to communicate to you as you sleep at night. Heaven will begin to visit you because Jesus is sitting on the throne. Ladies and gentlemen, every place where Christ is enthroned, God is enthroned, the angels begin to come and worship around you. That's how your garments begin to cry out with praise for God. You don't need to cry out. Your voice doesn't need to cry out. Your garments will praise God. See, in this moment, I just want to encourage you to make Jesus your King. Whew. And allow the glory of that King to just shine forth through your life. Just shine forth through your body. Shine forth through your emotions. Allow the Spirit of the living God to fall afresh upon you right now. Let the King be glorified in every area of our lives. We ascend, we, we enthrone you as the ascended master of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, Amen. Church, we bless you. We love you. Have an awesome time in this moment. Don't just get up and do things around just take some time to just love on the people in your life group. Love on the people that are around you right now. And if you're by yourself, hey, just allow God to love on you and you love on that, on the King of Kings that's sitting on the throne of your heart. We bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week in Jesus' name. Amen.